Why are you acting brand new? We are back with my season nine sister, Peppermint. This week's episode, we are going to be going over some amazing top model moments with her and catching up on all the fantastic things that she has been doing. It is quite the kiki. You won't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Forever. Are top model fans born or made? Hey, I'm Shea Coulee, and welcome to Wanna Be On Top, a podcast where I explore the cultural phenomenon that launched a thousand smizes. As always, I am joined by insatiable power bottom and top model expert Maxwell Esposito. Maxwell, how's it all going today? What's on the agenda? Hi, Shay. So on Monday, we caught up with our girl Peppermint and we covered the iconic photo shoots of ANTM Cycle One. And today we're going to chat about Peppermint with some of the lessons the girls learned on the show. And we would talk about Mr. and Mrs. J and how she applied some of the lessons she learned from them in her real life. Well, let's bring her back and get this party started. Joining us again today is my season nine sister, Peppermint. Now, I want to catch up with you, Peppermint. What's going on, girl? Girl, I ha- you know what? All things considered, it's mm-hmm. probably the t-shirt that I should have made for, for, for last year. Um, all things considered, things are going pretty well. I got, yes. a, you know, I've been able to do a few uh, drag shows. I've been able to do a little bit of acting, a couple yes. of things here and there over the past year, especially, you know, Again, all things considered, I didn't, I thought we would just be shut in, period. Now, I was yeah. inside, but I was able to continue to work. So it's going great. I'm really enjoying, I was nominated for a Glad Media Award for my, um, for my, for my album, A Girl Like Me, Letters to My Lovers. And yes. that feels like a celebration in and of itself. Yes. Um, so I'm looking forward to the summer. It's crazy because we literally just came off of celebrating the one year anniversary of when we did Nubia in New York <laughs> with uh, our sisters, Bob, Monique, um, Bibi, and uh, we had some guest spots from the Vixen and some local New York talent. And it was such mm-hmm. a fun, amazing experience because it was something that we worked hard together on, you know, producing it, also, you know, being the talent and, you know, creating this narrative and and putting just mm-hmm. a show together and bringing in Black queens into a space and just celebrating them and having a good time. And it was nice that that was the last, like, big, big thing that we that did. had prior to having to being um, locked Lockdown. down. So, um. There's not very many things that we could say allegedly, but um, I really look forward to what the alleged future may allegedly hold for um, (laughs) Nubia. I think it's fair to tell folks that they definitely have some things Mm -hmm. to look forward to, um, both digitally and allegedly, uh, digitally and in person, (laughs) um, that we are, Nubia, one thing's Mm -hmm. for sure, Nubia is definitely here to stay. 
Yeah. You know, and there's uh-huh. so many people that say they never got a chance to, obviously they didn't get a chance to come and see the show. Uh, we mm-hmm. It was a tour that we were planning and it, we did the first show and then got shut down. But at least we got to do the first show and and test it out and see how much people love it. So I can't wait to get back on it with you. Yes. Okay. So we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to get a little bit into some more fun ANTM Q&As with my girl, Pat. We'll be right back. Everyone, hey, how's it going out there? I hope uh, you weren't too tired practicing your smize in the mirror while we were gone. <laughs> I am Shea Coulee, and I am back with my sister, Peppermint, where we are talking about life, love, the pursuit of happiness. Um, liberty. In- liberty. <laughs> tax evasion. <laughs> And top model, all things that we care about so, 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 so much. Um, okay, so in this first season, we're we're starting to see the format of photo shoots versus challenges that play uh-huh. in the overall judging uh, of the show. So at the top of the introduction to ANTM, Tyra tells us that she takes these girls from the middle of nowhere and she wants to turn them into supermodels. During the semifinals, when meeting all the girls, it's obvious that some of these girls have never walked in heels or worn mascara a day in their life. So throughout the season, the girls get lessons on things Tyra deems a top model should know. She brings in her friends and experts to come in and educate these girls on these subjects. So do you have a favorite lesson or like challenge moment in ANTM history that you could think about? I think my, um, well, naturally, the my favorite uh, top model moment slash, it wasn't really a challenge. It was like a reward kind of thing Mm -hmm. um, was when I was on the show. Um, It was split over two episodes. Mm -hmm. Who's messaging me? Sorry, could you hear that? Could but well, it doesn't it doesn't matter. She it said, be careful. <laughs> she was she like, said, be careful. She's like, I'm listening. She um, said that NDA said for in perpetuity. <laughs> Hello. Forever. Tyra, <laughs> <laughs> no. It's like b- that Bloody Mary movie or something. Don't yes. walk past the mirror. Why'd you do that, Tyra? <laughs> and it was uh they okay, so they asked me, this was cycle, I don't remember what season I was on. Cycle 14, I think. Um yeah, I think it was 14. And um, they 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 contacted me and like, oh, we want you to be like the drag Tyra Banks. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, cool. They didn't tell me anything else. But we had to go for rehearsal the, the night before. So uh-huh. I went for the night before. And there was like a, we had to do a performance. And then I was Tyra Banks. And they wanted me to basically do her spiel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, okay, that's cool. Whatever. Just tell me where to stand. Um, I don't know why yeah. I have to have that much rehearsal, but I was like, okay, cool. So, <laughs> I, so I showed up for the rehearsal, rehearsal not paid. For, that's the first lesson I learned 
get mm. paid for the rehearsal. Mm-hmm. That's the first. Good test. to know. Yeah. Um, and then I and they then they then the night before, they're like, so we want to talk to you about um, and this was like Tyra's stylist, not the wardrobe, you know, uh, associate for the whole show. It was Tyra's like personal like assistant or stylist or someone mm-hmm. was like, I'm Tyra's stylist. And and I want to talk to you about what you're going to wear. I guess they thought it was a good idea that since I was going to be playing the drag Tyra Banks, that I speak with Tyra's person. And mm-hmm. this was in, again, like cycle 14, when um, Tyra was really big into like coveralls and like just wearing these like baggy head to toe onesie drapey onesie things. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is fierce. But I was like, girl, you cannot put me in anything that looks like that. I will look like I'm going to jail. Like, I can't be in a garbage outfit, garbage man outfit, you know, dressed like... (laughs) It just doesn't work the same on me that it does on Tyra. I was like, why don't you just let me wear my own clothes? And there, this this Mm -hmm. woman was fighting me tooth and nail. Was she was not happy about it? Um, But anyway, long story short, I ended up. They tried a couple things on me, and none of them fit. It was like we had eight hours to go before we had to shoot. And so I was like, "Girl, I'm just gonna bring my own stuff. I'll see you in the morning." And so I brought my own stuff, and it was so bizarre because of the way that they filmed the show. They had, it was only this was like halfway through the season. But mm-hmm. what they didn't want to do is, I guess they didn't want to let anyone know. So only half the girls were really participating, but the entire cast was there. And they had all the girls present. And they kept mixing them up so you couldn't tell who was eliminated or not, which was so bizarre to me. Wow. And I was like, well, how is this even going to work? I was like, how many times do I have to do this? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, so I don't remember how many times I had to do it, but they stood me there. Um, and I, uh, and I did my little lines. It was like, we presented it as if it was an elimination. And so I presented the cards and I was like, I have, you know, two headshots here. Um, in front of me, I've got two, whatever. In my hands, (laughs) I'm holding two photographs, um, whatever. And then, then it just suddenly turned into a drag show and we went out and step touched and the, and the girls were like, oh. But then it turned into a runway competition. And so the girls had to do like a walk-off for yes. us. We taught them how to walk, you know, whatever. And then they walked. Um, and I guess somebody got eliminated because I went home. I don't really know. But um, <laughs> that was my top yes. model experience. And I loved I, it. <laughs> I, that is absolutely thrilling. I love that so much. And yes, but and, and this is the thing, too. I feel like especially when it comes to uh, runway, like right from the top, you know, um, the very first kind of like lesson or challenge that the girls get um, is presented to them by none other than diva extraordinaire Jay Alexander. Yes, yes, yes. Go will on. be teaching them runway. You know, I've actually like mentioned this um, before, but for me and they did they didn't quite do it at this point in season one, but they introduced it later. Um, they didn't use feminine pronouns at first with Jay Alexander. Miss J- yeah. Yes. Later on, Tyra says, okay, this is Miss J and this is Mr. J. Um, but I love it because that was my first time being exposed to any type of gender non-binary 
or like pronoun kind of like use like that. And I remember just being a teenager and being like, oh, okay. And 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 the way that the girls responded to the it, girls too, they're like, got okay, it right away. Oh, okay, this is Miss J. This is Mr. J. Okay, work. And and that's mm-hmm. one thing that I do I I love about Top Model because like that was something that was presented to us through television in a very just nonchalant way. And everyone just kind of fell in line with that. And I think that that is a really beautiful example of pronouns and how it's really not that big of a deal if you just present it like it's something that's very normal and just respect it. You know what? Not only, and of course I don't, I wasn't, I haven't been around, you know, Miss J that we've seen each other several times since the show. But Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I don't know what Miss J's story is, you know, and experiences are. But I would think just in hearing people talk and mm-hmm. and introduce Miss J and say, oh, it's Miss J. Da, 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 da. Everyone outside of the world of Top Model fell in line, too. Like, yeah. everyone, all of the people in the audiences and then people in the industry, whenever whenever they were being introduced, would be like, oh, here's Miss J. And that mm-hmm. was it. You know, yep. and so I, I agree with you. It's a, and that was what? Probably, I mean. Close when to they, 20 years ago. Yeah, when yeah, it was probably like two thousand and six when they started calling saying Miss J. It was a few seasons in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's just like I just I really really love that. So <clears throat> their first challenge was runway, and that was when we were first introduced to 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 Jay Alexander. And I remember immediately being in love. Of course, my mom was shocked by the legs and the heels, but uh, I was sitting there like in the living room, like, oh my goodness, that could be me one day wearing a black t-shirt and heels on a runway. Little did I know. Hello, anybody only knew, (laughs) darling, she's going to make a living. Uh, Yes. And 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 that and that's when we get that amazing girl. You better walk like it's for rent, and, uh, for it's for sale, and the mm-hmm. rent is due tonight. Ow! And uh, yeah, stakes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> letting you know that sometimes models have to sell the dresses off their backs. Yes, honey. You, you either you either act like you're going to sell it on OnlyFans. Or you gonna be on OnlyFans? <laughs> yes. So you better sell the illusion. Get it to it. Um, okay, so I'm just curious, Peppermint. Let's take you back to like 18 year old um, little Peppermint. Um, imagine yourself um, being whisked away from home to New York City. Yes, and it happened. Um, being <laughs> and being um, put on a runway uh, with runway coach diva extraordinaire jay alexander how do you think that she would fare oh girl i would have been fine (laughs) oh honey because i started working at the tunnel when i moved to new york city i was Uh 18 uh for Mm -hmm. college i moved here at 18 um and the second week of of school i went out for the first time uh I went out to the club for the first time. I was in drag for the 100,000th time. Um, Mm Because I started doing drag in high school when I was in younger than 18. Um, But I, so I had already had like my outfit. And now I didn't say look good. But I I was pretty comfortable in heels for sure. And I wasn't like taking cabs and things everywhere. It was like, you're going to walk down the steps, walk down the street, Mm -hmm. walk down the subway steps, ride the train. Walk the six blocks from the train to the, to the place, 
that's what it was. And yes. then you're going to stand around and then you're going to, and you're going to do the same thing to come back home. So it was like an invest. You were in, in your heels all night. There was no other pair of shoes. Yes. Um, and I was 18. So it didn't matter at that point. Uh, and so I was, I was very comfortable in heels and mm-hmm. we were doing runway every night at the club Yes, um, ma'am. with the Queens. We, and that was basically our job. We didn't even like a lot of folks do in a gay bar, do like a drag show and like, mm-hmm. I think some like Broadway, you know, music or some disco will come in. I worked in the, in two, in 1998, when I started, to, when I was working <laughs> at the tunnel. Um, Iconic. The 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 thing the thing was not disco. The thing was like straight up, you know what people call EDM, um, yeah. electronic music. It was techno. It was house. It was house, really dark house. Um, and all the all you would do was you would walk walk back and forth like you were just runway. All the all that's all the queens did. We were like robots roaming around the you know, room, and so you just would keep walking. It was like you know like. We could have, we would have been fierce if we had had Fitbits because we just walked and walked and walked. <laughs> and that's what, that's what we, and then when it was showtime, then we would just do it on the stage. They're like, okay, queens, get the queens. And then they would turn on the lights and the, the stage was just a runway down the, yes. the entire length of the club. Like, I don't know how many, it was like a, a city block. So it's like pretty long, hundreds of feet. And then they'd be like, showtime, put on um, Deborah Cox. And then the Deborah Cox on the wall and you just strut. And you would lip sync while you strut and you strut um, back and forth. And the girls, it was like a fashion show. Yeah. That's what it was. So I would have felt very Ah, uh, that sounds like an absolute dream. <laughs> I'm like, what a fantasy. And we will get into more of that right after the break. So we are back with my girl Peppermint. We are discussing the what well, we were just, you know, catching up about some amazing stories from her when she was 18 and the shows and the catwalks and the streets of New York. Oh, yes. I actually my second time ever uh Peppermint ever actually uh, doing drag was on a trip to New York. I was uh 22. This was like uh july so it was in the summer hot as hell and i remember um i was staying with some friends in mass beth queens and Mm -hmm. they were like okay well we'll we'll let's go out and we went to um um stonewall and they were doing a show and i had no idea even we literally had no idea that there was a show going on and that it was an amateur show at that um, I don't remember what night it was, but I remember, uh, I believe her name was Ginger Snap was the host. Oh, Ginger was my girl. Yeah. <laughs> and and I just, wow. we literally went in there for a cocktail because my feet hurt. And I was just like, okay, we're here. We took the train. And uh, yeah, Miss Bam, it was, it was the time. And I remember walking upstairs and then being like, are you here for the show? And I was like, oh yeah, oh. I'm here for the show. Like as a yes. spectator, as a spectator, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm here to watch the girls. And they were all like, oh, no, bitch, this is like amateur night. You ain't going to show up in a look and not get your ass up on stage and do something. And so I was just all like, okay, um, can you play Judas by Lady Gaga? 
and cut to me just doing some random impromptu um, Judas uh, a mix. Totally lost, totally lost and not even like place in it. But I did get tipped $40 from these two daddies and oh, I used work. it to buy me and my roommate at the time drinks. It was great. Wait, your second time doing drag and the song that w- it was, the song that was, was Judas? <laughs> what the hell? That was like last week. <laughs> what in the holy grail? <laughs> oh my gosh. It was, not, even, not even bad romance or just dance. You mean yes. five years after Gaga? <laughs> oh, get out of my face. I love it. No, that's a fun story. That, that is, was, that was, I, uh, I, I probably was around, like, I was definitely mm-hmm. within a mile of you that night. Cause uh, Judas probably, that was probably like 2011. 11. Yeah. Yeah. That's 2011. I was, I was, at that time, I was working seven nights a week. Um, I was Ooh. working seven nights a week in drag from 2009 through the 2012. And so I was in that neighborhood. <laughs> yes, girl. Working girl. I was almost a I was almost a working girl that night. This this man pulled up in a um black Mercedes, I remember, and asked me to Was it an S U V style? No, it was a it oh. was like a it was like a coupe. It was like this black mm-hmm. Mercedes and like very, oh! you know, businessman looking type. And he would literally like pulled up outside asking me to get in his car and I was just like you're a stranger girl there was this guy I don't know how PG this um, show is there was this guy who would pull up I worked at Lips Restaurant Drag Restaurant Mm -hmm. and 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 so and it was popular and eventually all of the what we would call today what we would have called then they were called chasers but that's not what we call them Mm -hmm. these are folks who men who are are trans amorous um, but they they called them chasers back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys would would go with any of the girls, and were, mm-hmm. were would be waiting. They would come inside. the 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 brave ones would come inside and be like, mm-hmm. "I don't care what you're doing after your shift." And they would wait there the whole. They would eat dinner and they would have drinks <laughs> and they would talk, chat you up and then wait and take you home. Like at least you know that makes you feel like a lady. There's this mm-hmm. other guy. This one guy who. I don't know what his story was, but he would pull up every week, like on the weekends in this huge, like Escalade. And so mm-hmm. he couldn't even like pull over because with tiny street. So yeah. like you could just pull up into it and then you just have to keep going. You can't block all the traffic. He would pull up to the um, restaurant and wait until the, he knew when the girls were like between seatings <laughs> and waiting outside <laughs> smoking. He knew he would pull up and girl, he had the biggest trade I've ever seen. He would have it out. I thought an alien was sitting on his lap. And he would have it out and just pull up in this Escalade. And I, I mean, it, all the girls were like, oh, oh. we can't do anything. We're working yeah. and you're in a car and you're driving and you can't even pull over. So he yeah. he just got his kicks showing us, you know, you know, being a um, streaker or whatever um, wow. and driving off. And I, I wondered, I never, I, that's all I ever saw. I, uh, I wonder where so, he is today. This is a Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> Can you please pull over and I will be out with your, <laughs> with your order. Oh, <laughs> huh. that's gracious. No, that is, uh, gosh, you know, that is amazing. I wish that I had some um, really fun experiences like that, but they're all really um, 
I feel like life for me didn't like my experiences in drag didn't start get, getting interesting until I really started to travel. You know, I feel like Chicago is like mm, it's very neighborly. It's very um I don't it's know. Very, um, I, I, I it might not have been the the location. Or uh, granted, I can I agree. Traveling makes life more interesting. But mm-hmm. I really do think it was the time. I mean, in the nine yeah. the nineties was very different than the than the two thousands. In that, you know, you when you were going out in New York, and I think this is probably this. It must have been the same in in L A. and Chicago and all the big cities. You know, you're going to go out, you're going to have a good, you just want to have a good time. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if you're going to, you know, uh, have sex or get killed or both. <laughs> and you are okay with it. Let's go. And that, that's, you what, know that's what? what the feeling was, you know? Yes. that you, <laughs> I, I, We have a, a mutual friend. His name is uh, Tony. Um, yes. And Tony, Tony Soto, the Tony Soto show. Mm-hmm. Um, check it out. Uh, he definitely, he's, he's 40 and he talks about Chicago too, like earlier, like prior to like me being this little baby coming up and he's just all like, girl, they like talk about, you know, going out to the rocks that they called it, which was like at the beach. And I was just like, that sounds dirty. So (laughs) it's all like the rocks. I was like, girl, what do you mean? I was all like, we now refer to that as Belmont Harbor. Like, (laughs) You can go. You can get registered to vote there now. Very yeah. <laughs> that, and it's and it's one of those things that kind of shows you like the sides of like the the ways that oftentimes like uh, queer people in our communities kind of go through this process where we go into these areas that people aren't really willing to go into, and then oftentimes they kind of go through a gentrification process. Uh, after and part that of that and is kind the of get- cruising section. Yes, because they're all like, get that sex out of here. We're going to clean up the sex from these homosexuals, these deviants. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, okay, so speaking of uh, sexual deviants, uh, the next challenge, I, no, I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but uh, honestly, it's it, it, because we're talking about like segues, the, the, the girls also in this very first season get a lesson in media training. And, and this is something that's important to all types of people, especially us, you know, like being uh-huh. people who have come through a reality television show. So honestly, do you feel like some of our sisters could benefit from some um, PR training? Oh, no doubt. <laughs> and and it's, it is a tough, you know, it is a tough, um, I think it's a tough thing to put in perspective because I think the the piece of media training that makes the PR of it all successful, in my opinion, is the 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 notion that something's at stake, that something's on the line. If you don't learn how to do this or develop this skill, it's going to have a bad effect on you. And mm-hmm. I think that some people just have to learn that lesson. Uh, I think that people, what people get, I think what people kind of cultivate the idea that seems to perpetuate from f- around the community, around the world, through Instagram, whatever, about shows like Drag Race or any reality competition show is, you know, you you see the audition tape that goes into the TV show where they're like, I'm going to get on there and I'm going to show them. I'm just going to say what comes to my mind and I'll give a whoop. And then yeah. I think that thought fi- translates to how they think they're going to act with everybody. 
mm-hmm. you know? And it doesn't it doesn't work that way, you know, unfortunately. So yeah, I do think some media training um, is, is good. And it just means that you end up having to be a little more calculated with what you say and, and thoughtful about, is there a way that I can say this that's not going to um, come back and bite me in the end, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's being a little diplomatic. I think it's always good to, to know that skill, whether you Absolutely. use it or not. Because it's one of those things, like, there are certain people who are born with, like, a natural, just, like, sense of charisma. And in many ways, when it, you people who are just naturally charismatic don't really require as much um, media training, I feel, because they already kind of understand the ebb and flow of how to interact with other people. People, and that's all it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, it, and, and it's just like, you know, it's 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 a dance, you know? You just kind of got to, like, be able to fall in and understand the rhythm, you know? And <clears throat> what works for another person doesn't work the same for, for you. And I think what's most important is being able to focus on having like a sense of authenticity. Like I feel like a person that is a a good example who has probably had to have media training, but uh, their personality has, I feel like gives them a lot of leeway. And that's uh, Cardi B. You know, um, Cardi B is somebody who is um, very much so herself and 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 for other people would probably be taken on as being too much but that has been kind of the major catalyst that has allowed people to identify like accept and and celebrate her you know Uh and definitely uh she's had her moments where she's put her foot in her mouth and has like had to learn from that but her natural charisma and the way that she draws people into her is something that you know really allows her to still be able to advance forward even when she does you know make those natural little human mistakes yeah it's her Um, charisma and i think it's her empathy too and she seems to naturally have those like you said and so you're right she she ends up she, she doesn't end up you know, um, earning a reputation for herself that that people don't want to work with someone like her. Um, and there are people who who have sooner or later get that reputation because you know they don't have haven't developed those skills. Yes. And there was a set of skills that their publicity training specialist, their publicist, Cindy Berger, said to them was these: <clears throat> own up to your mistakes. The truth always comes out. Be completely honest and trust your publicist. Top model facts. Top model facts. Do you feel like that's What's that advice? What's that last piece? I know. What's that add-on piece? <laughs> trust your public. Trust your pre-assigned publicist that you have to hire after leaving this show. Trust us. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I would. I would probably switch. Trust your publicist to trust yourself. Yeah, um, somebody definitely penciled that one in, mm-hmm, the publicist. Mm-hmm. I um, mean, unless yourself is unreliable, then don't trust yourself. Trust a friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't know. I think that there was there was mostly good advice. I actually want to ask you a question. Okay, well... Speaking of... Uh, oh, go, go, go. Uh-huh. No, I was just going to say, that is a perfect opportunity for us to take a break. And when mm-hmm. we come back, let's get into that question. are back from our break and the one and only peppermint has a burning question for me and i'm really interested to see what it is so there was a particular day 
that, and I've talked about this before, so I won't make it long. Uh, I, we were all, this was the second episode of us filming season nine of Drag Race. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the uh, PAs who handle us were knocking on all of our doors at early in the morning telling us, okay, we're going to come get you and we'll knock on your door one at a time. We'll bring you down to the van. Yes, ma'am. I did not get not my door knocked on and I got left behind at the hotel while y'all stayed, got in the van and yep. drove the hour and a half to yeah. the studio <laughs> before anybody even, I don't even know what happened. Um, and I was waiting there. For, it was more than an hour that I was waiting. It was like an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Y'all had already arrived at the studio. Yeah. And that's when I was like, okay, this has been a long time. I was like, Hello. <laughs> and I just go back inside because, you know, we're, we're not allowed out of our rooms. We're held like prisoners. They t- yes. tape over the door. I like, w- I crept down the hall to see who had tape on their door still, what was going <laughs> on. And I got left behind. And then I went down to the lobby and used the phone and had to like remember, I had to like use the, the, the computer at the desk of the hotel. I was like, can I please log into my email? to get the original email that told me that I was on Drag Race and call Linda, who was the person that was dealing with wow. it at the time. Let me log into my email to get her number and call her at her office because I am stranded and no one <laughs> is talking. <laughs> and she's like, I don't think you're supposed to use the phone, but okay, fine. And so I did. Long story short, I call. Linda's up. She is upset. She's like, what are you doing using the phone? And I was like, Linda, I'm here at the place. She's like, go back to your room. And I was like, ooh. And I knew I was going to get fired. And in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to use this as an example to be like, see, ladies, don't be late. Don't miss the bus. Peppermint, sashay away immediately. That's what I thought was going to happen. What was happening, I come to find out, was that y'all were getting a media training session without me. And, uh, And I... I did. I so I never got a chance to get the drag race media training session. Instead, I sat in a room when I got to the set. I sat in a room by myself for another <laughs> hour. And I'm like, what in the hell's going on? At this point, I'm like, just get me back with the girls. I don't care what's going on. Just get me back with the girls. Steven, when our producer comes in um, with his accent and is like, Peppermint, I'm so sorry, all this stuff. And he's like, your safety is so important. He gives me the whole spiel about how they're concerned. All I'm hearing is, you know, bitch, get me back to the girls. Like, why am I sitting in this room with you? Um, <laughs> I thought he was going to be like, I'm so sorry. We're going to have to tell you, you can't join the, whatever. I didn't know what he was going to say. Yeah. Um, but he gave me this whole uh, huge apology. I think they were afraid I was going to sue them. Um, <laughs> and then he eventually, he said, when, we're d- when the girls are done, we'll have you join at the next thing. So I missed mm-hmm. that whole media training. So my question to you is, what did they talk about in the media training? What did I miss? <laughs> Do you um, remember? Uh, the the major takeaway that I remember from our media training was to <clears throat> ignore the comments, to not engage in negativity because it only creates like uh, uh, bigger issues and it just snowballs more and more. Um, out of control. Um, I don't remember any much more than that because I remember it was before breakfast and I was just like yeah. so hungry. 
I was so hungry. I was just all like, when can we go get those weird eggs with the pasta noodles in them? That lady, that lady. <laughs> we, okay, so bless her heart, but like early on in season nine, our craft service lady was making some of the most interesting concoctions I have ever witnessed and breakfast food in my life. Like we literally only got breakfast food uh, as craft service. Craft, cra- as craft yeah. services. Everything else was ordered, but like... Um, it was very interesting. Pasta and eggs was probably the most, it, that was Girl, like the moment. this was like the... Mm-hmm. And I remember it was always very upsetting to Eureka because Eureka was all like, I what need breakfast. She's like, I'm hungry and I'm trying to eat all this food, y'all, but it is just not, it's not satiating me. Um, it was bizarre. But yeah. I know, bless her. Bless her. And I heard too, I remember uh, watching like a, a live uh, this video with uh, the winner of season one of America's Next Top Model, Adrian uh-huh. Curry, and uh, the runner-up, Shannon, talking about how they really didn't feed them much on Top Model Either? at all. What is up with reality TV competitions and motherfucking food? I Y'all know. Damn. Somebody was telling me about um, the craft services for a major, major, like really huge, big budget reality TV show on a huge network having really bad craft services. And I was like, dang, girl, I would have expected them to at least been, you know, at least have the good food. But I feel like, you know, you probably get um, better results out of people because they're cranky because they're not getting that good, good. They're not getting those good nutrients, those good meals. So, you know, there's a, um, there's a, um, you, I don't know if you want to cut this out or not, but there's a, um, there's a special that someone did. I, I just won't say any names. Make it just like you can mm-hmm. do what you want. Uh, there's a special that comes on a certain channel uh, all about reality TV. Um, and I mean, I'm not omitting it for any shady reason. Um, <laughs> just in case you don't want to put it in. But it's good. I'm watching the new season of The Real World, um, which oh. is the reunion season. And, oh. and I'm obsessed with it and how it started all these reality TV shows. Mm-hmm. And um, and they talk about this one section. They, have, they interview all these producers, every show, Top Model, uh, Idol, Real World, Road Rules, whatever you name it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talk about uh, what the tricks of the trade, like what they would do to manipulate people versus the situations. Mm. It's really interesting. And so you should watch it. I'm going to have to definitely check that out. Yes. Oh, well, this has been such a lovely and delightful conversation. I am so thankful to you for joining me here for, for uh, this week on our top model journey. I love you so much. I, I'm just so incredibly always appreciative for your support, Peppermint. You know that you're my sister and I just absolutely adore you to pieces. And I just want to once again say thank you so much from the heart of my bottom for coming and chilling with me. All right. So please, please, please tell the children where they can find you, Peppermint. Yes, you can find me everywhere on all my social medias at Peppermint247. And you can also follow my YouTube or my Patreon if you're feeling extra special to catch me every single week with Pep Talks Black Movie Classics, where I bring on my celebrity friends and talk about the everything from skincare to the best Black movies that you should see. And Shay has been a guest on the show. I would yes. love to have you back again very, very soon. Um, I would love that. Yeah, and and please keep your eyes peeled, folks, for my second EP, which comes out this summer, uh, Broken Home, Letters to My Lovers. And eventually you'll be able to see the uh, short film 
which does contain nudity. That's all I'm saying. Thanks for listening. And if you have any top model facts or questions for me, Maxwell, our guests, or you just want to say hi, you can send us an email to beontoppod at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe to Wanna Be On Top wherever you listen and make sure to rate and review the show. It helps us grow. I'm Shay Coulet. And I'm Maxwell Spazito. And as always, the question remains, Wanna Wanna Be be On on Top? Wanna Be On Top is not endorsed by America's Next Top Model or any of the show's creators, producers, or distributors. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. America's Next Top Model and all names, pictures, audio, and video clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders. Wanna Be On Top? Forever! To listen to Wanna Be On Top? ad-free and Monday early. Sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Make sure to follow at Forever Dog Team and at Mom Podcasts on social and rate and review Wanna Be On Top? Five stars on Apple Podcasts. Yes, bitch, I said five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wanna Be On Top is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom. Hosted by Shea Coulee. Produced by Maxwell Esposito. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Big Dipper, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. 